Elizabeth. No, Elizabeth. No, Elizabeth, don't. This is Left Unsupervised with Elizabeth Morales, your comedic host that's done it all. Actress, writer, director, producer, headdresser, bartender, beauty pitch, and organizer, rock and roll PR expert, talent coordinator, bookkeeper, hostess, makeup artist, wife, mother, and general badass. Now listen as she interviews all of her favorite celebrities, doctors, and entrepreneurs that she's met along the way. This week, Elizabeth is left unsupervised with her guest, Chris Cafaro. This is Left Unsupervised with your host, me, Elizabeth Morales. Mace, today we have a guest that is going to make me relive my 20s, or at least what I can remember from my 20s. <laughs> Which I bet is not a lot, because I've heard Not stories. a lot. <laughs> not a lot at all. Everything is hazy, but I have a lot of great friends that tell me how cool and crazy I was, because I can't remember. <laughs> but today I'm really excited, because I'm going to relive my rock and roll 20s. Were, Were you a groupie? Um, I wouldn't say I was a groupie. I would say I was supportive of the arts. You were an enthusiast. Amused. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you do whatever you can to support the arts. I support artists. I did everything I could to inspire them. Nice. <laughs> nice. Anyway, I'm excited because we're going to go to Chris's studio today and the iconic photos that he has shot and the album covers is going to be just sick. We're going to be sitting in his studio and you're going to look around and you are going to be in awe of all these beautiful photos. You're going to look at stuff and you're going to go, oh my God, I remember that. That was the album cover, blah, 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 blah. Or maybe you won't because it was from the 80s and 90s. <laughs> or maybe you won't because it's a podcast and they can't see. <laughs> <laughs> but you can see. <laughs> but anyway, I cannot wait to pick his brain about all these photos. I wish I would have been his assistant back then in my 20s instead of working at RIP as an editorial assistant. I would have love to been on any of those shoots, especially with Michael Hutchinson from In Excess. I just love Wait, him. Wait, Michael Hutchinson? Oh. Are you okay. a groupie for a man you don't even know his name? Is? <laughs> Listen, Isn't it Michael Hutchins? It is, but I'm Cuban. So, <laughs> so because I'm Cuban, I can say however I want. You know, I say Hutchinson. Oh, okay. Well, but really it's Michael Hutchins. Oh my God. So of everyone that the photographer today has shot, that would be your number one artist bang of the people that he has in his portfolio. Number one. I went to every In Excess concert. <laughs> Please tell me you had his poster on your ceiling. In my ceiling, on my roof, in my shower. <laughs> Did a lot of nasty things to that poster. <laughs> CMI. Hey, but I cannot wait. I know you're probably going, who's in excess? But you're going to find out today. You're going to find out lots and lots of rock and roll facts today. Oh, my God. I know I have a lot of brain dead cells from my 20s and 30s, but they're all going to be rebooted today with Chris Cafaro. And it's going to be our first remote all right, so let's pack up and let's go to Chris's studio. Well, today is a super exciting day for me because I have my friend here, Chris Cafaro, who is this amazing photographer, and he is known for his iconic photos of Michael Hutchins, George Michael, uh, George Harrison, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, and the list goes on and on. He's appeared in Rolling Stone, Spin, Vibe, has shot over 200 album covers. Chris, you're the bomb.com. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. So how did we meet? We met, we've been 
been friends for like First what? First of all, how much do I get paid to do this again? Uh, zero. Oh, okay, good. But thank you. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted to see. My gratitude. <laughs> yeah, high five. <laughs> okay, let's do this. Yeah. What questions do you have for me? Well, how did we meet? We met at RIP Magazine. Lon Friend was the editor right. for RIP Magazine, and I met you through... The magazine, and then we became yeah. really good friends. Yes, right. About 1992, I want to say. Do you have to give freaking dates? <laughs> <laughs> We're not you going to Chris. Because you know how I remember that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. It might be. I think this is you. But you went to my exhibition I had here on La Brea. Did you not? Yes. Okay, so that was 1992. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah, I think I just wasn't. It? I just graduated high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was my junior high exhibition. Yes, that's what it was. Thank you very much. Oh my god! Well, Chris, I have so many questions I want to ask you. Shoot. Who was your first big artist that you shot, and how did you get that gig? Okay, so I have a million stories, right? Okay, and yeah. I, got, I got a million shoots. I've been shooting. This is my forty-eighth year shooting as a photographer. Um, started when I was 10, just turned 58. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. My, my, I would say, I always tell people, if I, when I look back, and I've been looking back a lot lately, uh, my first like real big, juicy, official music shoot was 1984 or 5, somewhere around there. I got to right. shoot Maurice White from Earth, Wind & Fire. <gasps> so it was my second official music shoot, but it was my first really big one that changed everything for me. I'd been an Earth, Wind & Fire fan all through school. Uh, I mean, I saw Earth and Fire six times while I was in high school. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, you know, meeting him, shooting him, going to his house afterwards and hanging out with him. And what was that like? It was it was it was mind blowing. How old were you? Uh, 24, 25. Oh, my God. How cool. And so, like, I just always tell people, I remember vividly driving back from Beverly Hills going, I want to do this for the rest of my life. I want to shoot music and shoot all my heroes. I just knew right then and there. Because before that, I always tell I became a photographer because I wanted to shoot girls. Like every photographer. <laughs> can we say can we say bad words on here? Yes, of course. Okay, it was all about, for me. It was all about pussy. Okay, so, excuse my language, kids. So wait a minute. So is that how you got into like later the rock and roll scene? And no, I, I well, I started shooting concerts when I was sixteen. My first concert I shot. Uh, April 7th, no, December 17th, 1976. Was, so this is a passion you've had since you were a teenager. Oh, I started shooting when I was 10 and I had business cards but, and a business by the time I was 12. Aww. And I was shooting models when I was 12, trying to get them naked. So you were a perv from the age of 12? From five. <laughs> and I started looking at Playboy when I was five, okay? Oh my God, so that's what's wrong with you. Yes. You had early exposure. Very much so. <laughs> I didn't know what it was, but whatever it was, I wanted it, okay? <laughs> so I was like, yeah. It's called the monkey. Oh, uh, exactly. So then, uh, so no, then I, I started shooting music because I love, I mean, I grew up in music in our house and, and growing up in the Bay Area, I grew up in San Jose in the, in the 60s and 70s, music was a big deal. We had Bill Graham and I had an older brother who was into all sorts of kinds of music. So we, I just, a lot of, a lot of music around. So, you know, I started shooting concerts for fun and, um, and I got to tell you a crazy story about that. Please but, share. Well, okay. So here, I, it just happened months ago. The craziest thing that's happened to me in probably a decade happened a couple months ago. Basically what happened was I got back from Australia in February after my greatest hits George Michael exhibition. I got back and I got home and I got an email from Lionel Richie's people. Uh -huh. And Lionel Richie's people said that Lionel saw a picture I posted of him on my Instagram feed and wanted to see about buying it for merchandise use. And I said, sure. So a month of going back and forth, I, set, I sold him the photo for usage rights for T-shirts or whatever. So I made money off of Lionel Richie from a picture I shot when I was 18 years old. Shut seeing up. Seeing the Commodores in 1978. Well. So that's like, that's crazy to me. Like a picture that is I shot crazy. in high school. 
But that's I how thought, good you were. I mean, I from was, the get-go. Well, Hello. I was. Oh, no, I was great from the beginning. I can yeah. <laughs> I've always been great. I don't and I, that's why I love you. Your modesty is amazing. No. no. <laughs> well, I have a question. Shoot. All these huge artists that you've shopped, how did that start for you? I started when I was 10 years old, took my first roll of film and thought, hey, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Had business cards and clients by the time I was 12. Um, oh, my God. Started shooting concerts when I was 16. Started shooting models when I was 12. Uh, For shot, girls? Yeah, girls. And then I started shooting <laughs> naked girls at 17. Oh, you purr. It started I early. I know. And then uh, I, sh- I started... I don't know. I just always knew I wanted to do this. And I always, I always just... it. I always relate it to musicians and why I've always connected with musicians is you ever meet a musician, a guitar player, and they say, you know, I picked up my guitar when I was 10 and, you know, start listening to Led Zeppelin and, you know, and they get in this whole thing about how they just locked themselves in the room until they learned how to play every Zeppelin song. Right. And that was, that was me. You know, I started, I knew photography, I fell in love with it and, and it was just like, I knew this, I always used to say, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. I so you just, just knew. You I just knew. knew, like as, as you can know anything. And, uh, so, uh, as I always say, I've been married to my work for 48 years now. But it's like a kind of thing where you, you know, I've been blessed to do what I love for all these years. And then the, the what I figured, I always tell people, and then I moved to LA when I was, what, 21, basically. And then uh, I never looked back. And so I've been blessed to do what I love for 48 years now. Oh my God. And the photos that, you know, my favorite thing about your pictures or your or your photos, Chris, is that, yes, the you have all these amazing artists and, and not just rock and roll guys. You have no, athletes, uh, yeah. actors, you know, and you have this innate ability of bringing out the humanity in the eyes. Like it's they're more than just this icon, this this superstar. You bring the the real person, the connection in the eyes. Now, how do you get that shot? The, well, the first rule is to to shoot good people. Like you know, I always I always jokingly say, you know, you're, if you're smart, you surround yourself with really good people, and then you look good. And so that goes for even subjects that I shoot. I was smart enough when I was young enough to go like, hey, the better the person I shot, the better I'd look. Right. So <laughs> you know, and so as I always tell people, I'm only as good as what's in front of me. So if I shoot a hot, sexy girl, then I'm going to get hot, sexy photos. If I shoot a boring girl, then I'm get a boring girl. If I shoot a cool band, I'm going to get a cool band photos. But that's not always true with most photographers. No, a lot no, of photographers, no, not at all. it doesn't matter. You know, they don't have this this uniqueness that you have no, that you bring this warmth I almost like yeah but I also think it's my my ability I, it, this goes back to my high school days as well it just goes my ability to get along with anybody and everybody I didn't have any white friends really and so I always tell people like I just had to get along and so with that ability that goes with just that skill I have to this day I use it with everybody Oh, we have a helicopter. No, it's uh, going to be gardeners. Oh, so Ooh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, so to me, I, I, it's just the ability to, to get people to relax is really what it comes down to. And the way I, I have techniques on how to do that, I've developed through the years and just getting people to relax and do what I want. Basically, a little, I always say, very manipulative. And I always tell I perfected the technique of passive aggressive just to get people to do what I want. <laughs> hey, but listen, whatever works, because your shots That's are amazing, right? So who is your biggest artist? And how did you get that job? That's a trick question. You just said biggest. So I, you know, the list is too long to count. Some of my personal favorites are my first official music. Sh- well, second official music shoot was Maurice White from Earth, Wind & Fire. I but, love Earth, Wind & Fire. Yeah, who doesn't? And then, but some bigger ones down the line after that was I got to shoot and hang out with Burt Bacharach, who um, was, oh my God. was God to me. <laughs> uh, I got to shoot and hang out with Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. Shut up. And got to talk to Jack Lemmon about uh, my favorite movie, The Great Race. What was that like? It was mind-blowing. How old were you? 
probably early, late 20s, early 30s. Oh, my God. So it was like just that ability to be able to shoot a lot of my heroes. I got to, you know, Kirk Douglas, I got to shoot. Probably the biggest one, I'm not even thinking about, the really big one was, I think, was George Harrison. I was supposed to get 10 minutes and shoot him, and that was it. And Oh, my we, God. You know, you get 10 minutes. The pressure's on. Yeah, pretty much. But then I ended up spending two hours with him, and, and we talked about Hard Day's Night and everything, which is my favorite movie. And they ended up liking me so much, they had me shoot him again, like, a couple weeks later. So it worked out really well. Okay, I just got to say really quick that I'm sitting in your studio right now, and everywhere I look is an amazing photo. <laughs> no, amazing photo. I got to say, just for the record, Chris, you just don't do rock and roll or big celebrities. You have amazing photos just of different artists. You should see my vault across town where I store everything. It's amazing. Crazy. Uh, I always tell you, when you've been shooting for 48 years, you have a tendency to accumulate a lot of shit. Well, every time I go look somewhere, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God, look at that uh, shot. Oh. It's everywhere. What is the wildest or craziest thing you'd have to do to get a shot? Well, there's not like anything like I didn't ever, I mean, okay, so I slept with a lot of women to get to a certain person. But technically. Technically? technically, Did you have to like hang off of a whatever? Because some of your pictures are just like. I think the hardest thing I ever had to do probably was sober up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> That's still hard to do now. No, I don't do that anymore. But I, honestly, like, I mean, oh, okay, well, I'll tell you a funny story because this always brings stories. Please to do. Me. So in 1992, uh-huh. uh, Soundgarden was doing a music video called Jesus Christ Pose out in Indio. You know where Indio is? No. About by Palm Springs. Okay. So they're doing a music video out there. I'd stayed up for two straight days. Like 48 hours, straight 48 hours shooting, working in the dark room, like just doing my thing. I used to not sleep much anyways, but like I stayed for 48 straight hours. Drug free? No. (laughs) (laughs) And and then I drove out to Indio to spend the day shooting Chris Cornell and Soundgarden, you know, while they were filming this video. Um, So I go out there and then by the end of the day, we'd done the shoot and everything and I had to drive home and I was so tired. So that was like 60 hours of being up and I had couldn't even keep my eyes open. I was so tired. I started thinking I'm going to have to camp out in the desert here in my car until and, and sleep. And, and luckily Chris decided and his, he said, I'll drive you home in your car. And I said, would you really? And he did. So he drove me home to my car. Aww. And I slept in the back for like two hours while he drove. Oh my God. So two days straight. Two days straight. Okay. Well, I don't I know if I can make two days, but maybe oh. with a... Well, maybe I can. I'm not even going to go there. I think like, I like can. I, my, think I, I can. used to hang out with, always, in my world. We always like, yeah, we, we hang out with my best friend Ken. <laughs> and Ken is and the, Barbie. And Barbie. And so we, that keeps you going. Ken's a good friend for that. Oh my god. Who was your favorite person to shoot and why? There's too many to count, honestly. But the high, I'd say the list goes down and the Burt Backracks, the the heroes, those legendary. But I have to also say that. Lately, I've been shooting lots of new artists, and so uh, I just did a shoot two weeks ago. Uh, Mads Page, who is just fucking unreal, she's going to be huge. I'm so glad. I, you're oh, I know. That. And another new artist I shot in Australia in January was my favorite lead singer in the world, uh, Sam Baker of the band Lepers and Crooks. He is like the next Michael Hutchins. He's like huge. He's going to be. A, he's going to be a god. But like, I've had so many. It's hard to like you. You know what I mean? It's like pinpoint anything down. Yeah, it really is. But this leads me to my next question: is a lot of people that are 
let's say our generation in their mm. 40s, you know, or 50s, or I find that I'm so sick of hearing there's no good music anymore. 80s and 90s had the, I feel mm. like there's so much great music out there right now. How do you feel about this? Is the mm. end, is, do you feel like the music industry's changed? Yes, drastically. In first, which ways? Well, first of all, first of all, there's too much. There's right. too much of everything in the world. Oversaturation. Well, there's just too much of everything in the world. There's too many TV shows. There's too many actors. There's too many photographers. There's too many podcast shows. There's too many everything. There just is. There's just right. massive amounts of everything. Think about it. 25 years ago, you know, you can name every band that was out there and every artist. Now there's a bajillion of them. Um, and girl pop singers right now are driving me crazy. Every time I turn around, there's a girl <laughs> that has a song and a video on YouTube. Like, there's a million of them. There's more girl pop singers than there are porn stars. That's just basically. Kind of like in the 70s. Wasn't it's, that the no, it is bad. Like, er, I meet so many girls who have... I got a video. I'm a singer. I'm a singer songwriter. I mean, I'm just like, how many more do we need? I'm actually shooting two more next week. So, yeah, um, I think there's just too much. I think there is good music out there, but it's really, really hard to find. But when you find it, like I have found it, my favorite bands like Hey Violet and Lepers and Crooks, some of the rappers. Where are they from? Lepers and Crooks are from Australia. Okay. They're amazing. I, they can do no wrong by me. Uh, a couple other new what artists. What kind of music is it? Pop punk kind okay. of thing. Okay. But um, there's a lot of new artists out there, a lot of hip hop that I, I'm getting introduced to because I didn't listen to hip hop for a long time but the last two years I have a friend of mine who grew up in Atlanta and so she's hardcore into hip hop so she's been educating me and really introducing me to a lot of new hip hop um, I'm getting into it actually I kind of My enjoy it My son loves hip hop like, kind, like who's his artist? Oh my God, he's, I can't even, cause I don't know hip hop okay. that much, but I mean, even like he's into, he tried, he was wanting me to get this rapper, but he's a little B. I yeah. don't know, but, but he was just like obsessed, but I think rap is the new rock and roll oh, kind of, right? Far. Oh yeah, right? for sure. It's, a, it's like, and the crazy part is like, if you, I just watched the Netflix show called Rapture, which is like eight to 10 episodes. You should have your son watch it. I bet he'll like it. What I see in it right. is it's very punk rock. It's very DIY, you know? Really? Yourself. Oh, very much so. All these rappers, you know, have their own studios. They're doing it all punk rock way. The, there's a, the punk rock ethic in it of do it yourself. Like, I'm going to make my own music. I'm going to distribute my music. I'm going to do my own tours. Very punk rock DIY kind of attitude to the whole thing. And I, I got a kick out of it. I don't know if they know that, but that's very much where a lot of it comes from. Because um, back in the 90s and 80s and stuff like that, punk rock, that was what it was all about. You did it yourself. You made your own singles. You made your own tapes. You made your own fanzines. You did did it all, did it all out of the garage. Yeah. And you did the rehearsal studio. Yeah. yeah. And that was really cool and popular at the time. But now it's hip hop. It's like doing that in the same tech. Look at all these hip hop artists. They all have their own photographers. They have their own film crews. They make their own videos. They just do everything. It's kind of cool that way. On one hand, you're like, oh, this is really good. But on the other hand, you're like, everybody thinks they're a hip hop star because they can write, do a rhyme or everybody can make music because they have Pro Tools or Logic. You know, it's, like, it's something I said, what is it, 20 years ago? I think less than 20 years ago, I always joked when I got Logic for my computer which is, you know, Apple's version of a recording software. Right. I remember the first day I got it and I got some loops off of it and I made a song. It took me like a couple hours, but I made a song and I, and I thought, oh God, if I can make a song, this is the death of music. And I was like, if an idiot oh like me God. can make music, we're in trouble. Like I, I knew right then and there. So it's just like people now who everybody has a camera thinks they're a photographer. Everybody has a... Well, yes. 
Isn't that what Instagram is all about? Yeah. It's Social like, media has yeah. changed a lot of things. Well, it's like when I was younger, it was the joke was always, oh, just get a camera and print a business card that says you're a photographer. You're a photographer. Now you don't even need that. You just, you know, you get to sit there and have an Instagram account and just put the word, I'm a photographer. And, you know, shoot, you can get pick up girls that way or have a Model Mayhem account and pick up girls that way or whatever. And it just makes me laugh. Like, and then that's why I always laugh when people's like, I'm a photographer. I mean, they're not actually published. I and mean, they all think they're the special thing. They've done one thing. I'm like, call me when you've coming 20, 30 years and let's see where you're at. You know, that's and let's the, see if your if your work still you're holds up, around, right? Yeah, exactly. Because that's the, that's the thing about your work. It's timeless. Oh, when I was, I think it was like 14 years old, I met this professional photographer in San Francisco. I always tell people this story because I'll never forget it. And he said to me that, you know, you've done good work when the work will last the test of time. That's true. Yeah. And, and, and I've done that times 10. So, and I think that's what's really important. It's not about like who I shot, but just the work, the body of work will last forever because of how I shot it, what I shot and who I shot in a sense. But a lot of times these days people do one thing and they think that's great. Oh, like one hit single, one this, like call me in 20 well, years. Well, there's always been a, those white, the one oh, yeah. hit wonders. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know th- that. Th- that will ride it. But how many wheels come off? Right. And you know, they're playing fairgrounds right now during the summer doing that one song yeah, in between exactly. four other songs that nobody knows. <laughs> so Chris, let me ask you, has anybody touched you of all the people that you've shot on a personal level that you oh. really kind of just really got like, a well, gold nugget from them. Well, I would say I can give you a list again. It's kind of a lot of the same list. I know that for a couple of years there, Eddie Vetter from Pearl Jam, we were pretty close and good friends and we did lots of amazing things together. Very life-changing. George Michael was a huge life-changing thing and I wrote about it on my blog and I talk about it in some videos and stuff that George Michael changed my life in 1988 because before 1988, I was all work and I didn't know really know how to have a good time and I didn't know, I never got drunk or did drugs ever. And then it was going on the faith tour that I learned about tequila Got introduced to tequila. My favorite. Yeah. And I got like, what's this stuff? And George was like, you need to drink it. And I'm it's like, agua. Oh. Yeah. So I got introduced to tequila in Australia, of all places. But I started getting drunk and learned how to party, basically. I didn't know how to party. So George Michaels basically taught yeah, me how and then to he, party. We did drugs the first time. He got me to do drugs the first time. So that opened my eyes up. So the following, I think, from 88 to 92, I was doing anything and everything I could just to catch up with everybody. So, you know, that those kind of things are really special to me. But I've met so many amazing people not just doing photo shoots but just people in general that's one thing I talk about a lot in my blogs and stuff like that I I wrote I write a lot about what um, like I can say today about us is that what photography has given me I wrote this blog post about all the things that photography has given me I wouldn't know you if it wasn't for photography that's true like right so I think about that a lot like I wouldn't be in Australia if it wasn't for photography I wouldn't know all those friends I wouldn't know anybody I know pretty much that's why I'm so blessed and I'm so grateful for photography because it's given me more than it's given me my life basically it's given me everything so I don't take that for granted and I feel blessed about that and well and how awesome that you can actually wake up every day and do something that you love exactly which not a lot of people can say and it's and it's also makes life a lot more difficult because when you really love something you know it's you're connected and it's emotional so like when you have a job nine to five job you go do the job you go home you forget about it and the weekends you forget about it I'd never forget about it I'm I work 16, 17 hours a day. Well, whenever day. I call you, you're working. Yeah, no matter what time, what day, what are yeah. you doing? I'm working. Yeah. People ask me, uh, you know, like, oh, when are you going to take a break? I go, when I die, I'll rest at that point. I always, my, I've always said this too. It was like, I think I died like 20 years ago. I just didn't have, have time to kind of like stop. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's not on my to-do list. I don't have time. It's like nine lives, McCann. You've died a couple of times, but uh, you come back. I'm still here. So what do you see in the future that you you say that now you're really wanting to get new artists and start shooting new artists? Where do you see that going? Well, what I'd like to do right now is I just like... You know, it's great that I have this body work. I just don't want to get rest on it. I don't want to sit there and sit in a rocking chair 10 years from now and you and I sitting down next to each other drinking a mojito going, yeah, back in my day, I shot Nirvana. I don't give a fuck. I really don't. And I want to shoot new artists because new artists inspire me. They also, because I'm so jaded that when you meet a new artist, they're not jaded. They're like all excited about what they're doing. I mean, back in my head, I'm saying, you suckers. (laughs) (laughs) Little do you know what you're in for. You're about to go reality check. Exactly. So I try to help them out and give them a little dose of reality. But no, but I think it's, I I just like shooting new talent because it's very inspirational. And lately I've been shooting all these new singers and bands. And it's fun because they remind me of like why I got into this and why I like shooting musicians and stuff like that. So it's fun. And um, interesting people make for interesting photos. You know, I always tell people, I don't want to shoot boring people. So, and, and and you bring out well the interesting in the person. Right. I, I look for that. You know, as I, okay, so you're a big NXS fan and stuff like that. They did a Michael Hutchins documentary in Australia mm-hmm. in, I think it came out August, September. as a two-night event. Well, they interviewed me for it. And I tell the story in the documentary, like I'm in there for five minutes and then they use my photos for everything. But I talk about <laughs> how I talk about how I like shooting people with what I call the it factor. And Michael Hutchins had it. Eddie Vedder. Absolutely. Eddie Vedder had it. It. Kurt Cobain had it. Fiona Apple had it. You know, I can go down the list of a thousand people that had it. Right. So my my job, I always say, is to capture it. I like to say I have it. Yeah. But that's but okay. I, yeah, but I just want to capture it. <laughs> my job is to capture it. Right. So to me, that's what I've always worked hard towards. Like, I just, whatever that, whatever walks in the door, in a sense, it's like, whatever that is, whatever it is, I got to capture it. I got to get that. Whatever that person, whatever Eddie Vedder has, I, it's my job to capture it. I got to figure out what it is and then go after it. Well, how do you deal with, like, social media and people re- reusing your prints? Does that Pisses drive you crazy? Off. Yes. I mean, that would drive me crazy. What I, I write about it. I've written blog posts about it. I've reached out to some people that take my photos. And I, I have this rule. Like, I can't stop anybody and everybody. And I don't have time for it. Right. But what I do put out there is I just tell people all the time. And I, I've gotten a lot of the fan uh, Instagram people have come back to me and, and, and started doing it, which is I always tell them, just ask me if you can take the photo. Just ask me. I always say hashtag manners. So recently, a No Doubt fan got upset that I said that. And I just said, like, you're, like, how would you like me taking your hard work every day? I want people to understand that, like, if I you worked all day and I just took what you just did all day long and I took it and didn't pay you for it, you'd get upset. But that's the only artists have to go through that. Yeah. I, all our I, musicians, I, I, artists, all, you know. We, but artists, yeah, yeah. Musicians. So like, it's a little frustrating sometimes. I, I, so in my mind was I had thought about it and I was like just thinking, like, just ask me. Yeah. Ask me, can I post this photo? Sure. Or how about 99 photo by? Yeah. And cre- yeah. Ask uh, and credit not, would be nice. Cre- yeah. Yeah. So I, I would say to people like I always I said to this person, this no doubt fan, I said, look, I know I can't change the world. I'm not going to try. But if I can get people to ask and credit if they want to, but like ask. Right. It goes a long way. So let me ask you about your Sydney exhibition. How was that? So that was Greatest Hits George Michael exhibition. That's right. the first one. Um, it was hugely successful at Black Eye Gallery for two weeks. Um, got noise, made noise all over the world. Uh, fans, I got, I gained a thousand Facebook fans like in a month. And I, wow, that's yeah, great. To this day, they all are my best friends. 
Um, <laughs> of course they are. Because <laughs> yeah, Chris makes friends with everyone. Yeah, they, it's so funny. No, like, honestly, on my birthday on Saturday, they I got like 100 happy birthdays. It was your Saturday was your birthday? Mm-hmm. Oh, Chris, I didn't know that. It's happy okay. birthday. What a horrible friend. I'm yeah. going to send your bottle to Keyla, I promise. Yeah, exactly. A good one. Some ice cream's fine. <laughs> so I, I sat there and, and, you know, it was a great success. I knew it was going to be good in a sense, but I didn't know it was going to be as good as it was. And I met all these amazing people. It opened the door to my greatest hit Sydney exhibition, which I hope to do in um, October and November, which is going to be a three day event, massive event. I want it to be the venue I want to do is like massive and I want bands playing and I'm trying actually trying to even get it televised if I can. So I'm trying to do, I, you know, everything I do in the greatest hits world, which is greatest hits George Michael, greatest hits proof sheets. We did greatest hits Martini Ranch last year. We got greatest hits No Doubt coming out. I'm also working on, you know, just a million ideas that our motto for the whole project is go big or shut the fuck up. And, <laughs> and it's because I just don't, I'm tired of like, like I tell people when I started the whole thing, um, you know, I don't like going to exhibitions where you, you get a cup of red wine and you look at the art and you leave and there are small pictures on the wall. It's like, shit boring. You forget about it the next day. Yeah. Even my exhibition in 92 that you were at, think about that. That was big pictures on the wall at a coffee shop and we had trash cans filled with beer like it was like a party and it was packed but it was a party yeah and it was a party yeah. and it packed yeah. and we filled that place two times over and I got a great write up in the LA Times so you know again go big so to me it's like what you do is just like I want to create what I always say to everybody I'm trying to create events and capitalize on the fact that everybody loves music we all love music we all have music stories well of course you I know? mean you can music is like you remember what was playing the first yeah. time you had sex the first kiss the yeah. you know the first time what was your you, first concert my first concert was Fleetwood Mac. There you go. See, everybody, everybody <laughs> what was your first concert? A band called Return to Forever. So Chris, if you died and came back and you could come back as any musician in the world, who would it be? I don't know. I'm trying to think who got laid the most, Steven Tyler or Mick Jagger? <laughs> I don't know. Oh my God, I want to see you shimmy. Yeah, no, I, don't, I don't, you know, that's the thing too. Like I never wanted to be a musician and I, I always tell people I love shooting musicians because they're just interesting, cool people. But it's funny because all artists want to do something like actors want to sing, singers right, want right, to right, act. Right, right. I've done everything I've wanted to do. That's the really kind of thing that amazes me. I just had to come up about five years ago is when I had to come up with some new things with the next chapters are going to be in my life. And I think that's the thing I tell people. Like, the reinvention. I'm, I'm doing my best work and I just want to keep going. Like, you know, one of my heroes is an artist. He died a couple years ago and he was 92 years old. And my question to my friend was when he died, because it was related to a friend of mine. I just said to him like, you know, when was the last time he was in his studio? And he was like, oh, he's in his studio like a month prior before he got really sick. And I was just like, I go, that's what I want to do. Like, I always tell everybody who knows me, I say, like, when you find out that I die, the first question you should ask is, when was the last time you took pictures? You know what I mean? It's like, because I'm going to do it till I drop. Yeah, that's just who you are. It's yeah. innate in you. This is my life. So there's a different thing. Your so, life and your wife. Pretty much. And I would say, like, <laughs> you, you separate your family from your business and your family comes first. So I always tell people, like, the same thing with me, that this comes first, second third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. It is what it is. I want to ask you one more thing before we start up our little game that we want to play with you, Chris. It's called Fake News, and Macy, my producer, is going to explain it to you. I can handle it. But before we do that, I just want to let everybody know if there's an exhibit anytime in the near oh. future that you will be doing here in the United no, States, I, because when you do, right. I got I want people to go because your work 
What I, amazing. Well, thank you. But I always tell people, like, one thing about my work, I always tell people, like, people will re- recognize it. They don't, they'll go like, oh my God, like, oh, I know you did George Michael. But then they go, oh, I didn't know you did Nirvana. And that's the thing that always makes me laugh. Is they start realizing they go, it's like a trip down their memory lane. Memory like, lane, right. Oh, I, and everybody's got a story yeah. to every picture. So no, I have nothing coming up, but I'm, I'm working on plenty of stuff. But if everything goes as planned, I'll have big news in about a month. Well, Just, keep us informed. Oh, always, always, always. All right. So I'm going to pass this off to Macy and let her explain our game. Hashtag fake news. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm ready for my moment. So, Chris, what we normally do is uh, this is our segment called Hashtag Fake News. We try to pick out the uh, fake news headline, but since you are such a music man, okay. I decided that we're going to twist it up a little bit, and I'm going to read you guys two facts from rock and roll history, and you guys are going to pick out which one is the fake fact. Okay. okay. Are you ready? Let's do it. Bring it. Facts number one. Axl Rose is an anagram for oral sex. Okay. What do you think on it? Go ahead. All right. Fact number two. Bono got his nickname from an Irish whiskey. That's the fake one. Oh, you nailed it. <laughs> I didn't even get to answer. I didn't even give you a chance. I really, I thought no, I had stumped him. I've been waiting for this moment. I jumped the gun. I'm Elizabeth, t- you wouldn't have got it. I'm going to tell you a Bono story. <laughs> Can I tell you a quick Bono thing yes, that pissed me do. off? Recently, about, I don't know, last year at some point, I don't know what made me do this, but I was, you know, I'm a huge U2 fan, saw him a couple times. I never got to shoot him, which is thrown on my hit list. One day, I don't know why, I was looking at Wikipedia and I looked it up and did it. I looked up Bono and I found out that I'm older than him. And it pissed me off. I was like, I think a year or two older than him. And I was just like, what? Oh. I always thought he was like older than me. And like, it just really annoyed me. It's just like how I got annoyed when I found out that I was older than Barack Obama which pissed me off. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing okay. worse than, but, being old, than being older than the president of the United States. Chris, why are we even doing that anymore? Like, I don't want to oh. know. I don't want to know anybody's age at this point in my life. Uh, well, Chris, don't do you want me, me to make you feel me. really old? <laughs> don't, don't. My first concert was in sync. <laughs> okay, well, on that note, I think that um, I just want to say, Chris, thank you so much for joining. It was so fun to hang out with you. Time. And I just want you to be, please tell everybody where they can find okay. You, your websites, your all your social media stuff. Okay, ready? Got a pencil and paper? Here we go. I have two main websites, kafarophoto.com and kafarohits.com, which is C-U-F-F-A-R-O. My social media, Twitter and Instagram is kafarophoto. Facebook is kafarophoto. So everything's kafarophoto. Um, Where can people buy your prints? Off of my websites. There's a whole thing there that shows you how to buy prints. You can order anything that's there. Um, but yeah, everything's there. Pretty, pretty simple. My email address if you need to have any questions, but it's all there. All right, Chris, last question. If you were left unsupervised in a museum, what would you do if nobody would find out? It depends. If, if I would take down all the art and then put my photos up and then sneak out and then they would have to see my pictures. I love that answer. <laughs> then the person would walk in going, oh my God, who's shit is this? <laughs> no, they'd say, the, who's amazing shit is this? Exactly. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for listening to Left Unsupervised. We'll see you guys next week. Don't forget to stalk us at Left Unsupervised Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.